You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentary's Global Rankings. Hi, welcome to Nick Luck Daily, the show that brings you the latest news and the sharpest insight from around the world of horse racing. It is Monday, the 23rd of May, a busy show to reflect on a busy weekend of racing internationally. Time difference wise, I haven't been afforded any time to, to get any interviews with regards to the Preakness, where early vote, voting held off uh, Epicenter, who charged home in the Preakness stakes. Um, I'm sure Nick, who's been out there, will reflect on that more tomorrow. We are focusing our attention, first of all, on Irish Guineas reflections. Uh, we'll hear from uh, Chris Hayes, who rode homeless songs to success for Dermot Weldon, Moy Glare Studs. That was yesterday in the Irish 1000 Guineas. We'll also hear from Tom Marquand, who rode Alan Kerr to success in the Tattersall's Gold Cup. And we are basing ourselves at Epsom today because it is the uh, Kazoo Derby Gallops this morning. We'll hear from uh, John Gosden, we'll hear from Charlie Appleby as well. David Yates is my guest, newsboy of the Daily Mirror. Dave, you're on Epsom, I know. Take me there then. What's it been like this morning at Epsom Downs? Yeah, always a, a lovely experience to turn the car alongside Epsom Racecourse uh, a week and a half before the Derby, Tom, and see preparations uh, coming along for the Kazoo Derby and the Kazoo Oaks. Um, yeah, it's been uh, quite an interesting morning this morning. As you say, it's the, it's the Kazoo Derby Gallops morning now, rebranded from uh, Breakfast with the Stars. And we've certainly seen a few horses who would have claims in the Epsom Classics the weekend after next. Uh, we saw Emily Upjohn work. She, of course, is the favourite for the Oaks after that authoritative success in the Musidora Stakes at York. Charlie Appleby gallops three horses or worked three horses uh, around the track. Manobo, who takes the place of Adiar in the Coronation Cup on Friday week. Walk of Stars, who was beaten in the Lingfield Derby trial, and Nahani, who of course won the Blue Ribbon trial here at Epsom last month. Those are two horses who could represent Charlie Appleby and Godolphin, of course, seeking a third victory in the Classic after uh, Massar and Adiar 12 months ago. They could be joined by Nation's Pride. That horse, of course, a winner at Newmarket, has to be supplemented for the Derby. He will work tomorrow, and it looks as though there could be three horses representing Charlie Appleby, those three, Nation's Pride, Nahani, and Walk of Stars. And it's likely that the three jockeys, well, it's it's pretty much certain, I would say, that if those three horses do go, then the jockeys on board will be William Buick, as one would expect, James Doyle, as one would expect, and of course, Adam Kirby, who was successful on ADAR 12 months ago. So uh, that was the Appleby team. What else did we have? We had Aidan, who uh, finished fourth in the, the Kipco 2000 Guineas for Roger Varian. He had a feel of the track, as did Westover, uh, the classic trial winner at Sandown for Rafe Beckett. Uh, West Wind Blows, uh, twice a winner, of course, from two starts, Newcastle and Nottingham for the Crisford pairing. He was in action as well. I think that just about covers it. Yeah, well, you mentioned um, Charlie Appy, first of all, and, and the strong-looking team he's got. Let's let's hear from him at, uh, at Epsom this morning. Yeah, pleased with that. Uh, the three horses here, obviously. Um, Mandibu's come for a, a day out, as we know, he's in the coronation there. 
he went down there with the hood on and kept, we kept the hood on today because it was just more of a, a nice exercise for him. He hasn't been seen since uh, since Dubai. Um, moved well, came down the hill well. It was only a canter, so most horses should be able to come down there at that speed uh, for what he was doing and uh, pleased with him. Um, as respects to um, the two boys in the derby there, picture in uh, Nahani. Um, as you know, he's a horse that we were... Had had the cheap pieces on and, and he had blinkers on on his second start there. But uh, he's definitely a different animal when he turns up at the races because at home he'd have a job to warm himself up in a gallop. Um, but uh, Adam was very pleased with him. He's, look, he's been here, so he's had, you know he's got track experience. Uh, again, Adam just led the gallop there. Uh, it was just, just more of a swinging canter more so than anything. But uh, he led away there. We're very pleased. He moved well. Is there a reason Adam's in. riding in this morning? Yeah, because he's the one that's going to Windsor tonight, and uh, James is at uh, Wolverhampton, and oh, okay. William's in the first at Leicester. That's so no reflection on <laughs> no, what's going to happen. No, no. Next Adam week. comes in, and, you know, as you know, he's he's a big part of our team, so he's in and out and sits on plenty of horses. No, I'm not saying Adam isn't going to ride Nahani, but the reason he was on him this morning is because, like I say, William's at Leicester in the first, and uh, and James up at uh, Wolverhampton. And the experience we had last year, the boys are all missing their rides, so I don't think William will be very happy if he's missing a ride there when he's. Trying to get a championship just to come and gallop a horse that he can <laughs> gallop on Wednesday. Um, so, uh, yeah, Adam was pleased with him. Uh, and as respects to uh, Walker Stars there, look, I'm not going to get away from him. He's got all the ability in the world. And, and we've always, you know, felt that he's got the, got the engine to be able to do something hopefully exciting. Um, you know, he was, yeah, a, you'll put down as disappointing at Lingfield. But any horse that can still... Have the energy to mess around and jink and mess, you know, after a mile and a mile and three round there, you know, at the level with with Aiden's horse, you just know he's not putting a hundred percent in, shall we say? Um, so he's still very much a, a work in progress, and that was the reason to bring him in here today was to to just get some more uh, experience under his belt uh, before the big day, and um, very pleased. I mean, he's still the paddock procedure was all very straightforward. He comes out onto the track there, he still shows a bit of life there, but we. Obviously, um, took the hood, took the hood off there. Um, whereas on race day, he'll have the hood down to post. Uh, but the pair of them moved up there, great. But anyway, if, you, if you're going to pick one out of them, the way they moved up there and the way everything was done, you know, Walker Stars, he is the, he's the horse that's got the engine. There's no doubt about it. But again, I'm taking nothing away from Nahani. He's a, a horse that, as I say, wouldn't warm himself at home. Uh, one thing is that, that horse will do is he'll stay for fun and he's got track experience so I think he ticks a couple of nice boxes Are coming the into a race you're going to have in the derby well, many, many people have been asking about Nation's Pride there um, as, as you know he won the Newmarket Stakes there and it was voiced then you know was he a derby horse and we said well, we're, we're still on the fence still we would be more of a French derby horse so most of you would realise he's in the French derby uh, which we have modern games um, penciled in to go there uh, he'll work on Wednesday, Nations Pride, and a decision will be made then whether to be supplement on Monday. We're hoping we are, but again, he's going to work on Wednesday, and also it allows us to sort of form, see where Modern Games is as well. He, he's come out of the race very well, mm. um, but he's in one derby, and he has to be supplemented at cost into the second derby. So, so the, the second decision, derby's the derby, though, isn't well, it? For sure, there's only one derby, as we all know that. But team is still, you, you know, you, you only want to go there if you can try and think you can go and win it. So. Um, what decision will be made after his work on Wednesday? You've won the derby twice recently. Do any of your contenders remind you of Adiara or Massar in any any way? Or uh, in respects to Walker Stars, 
I mean, it could only go down. You know, Adi was beaten in at Lingfield. You could put that into into a frame if you like. Um, but as a, as an individual, you would say Walker Stars is very much of an Adi as well. He's a big, scopy horse, and um, surprisingly, well, I, I think Adi learned a lot at uh, at Lingfield on that day. Um, but as we all know, he, he he handled the conditions and the track very well on Derby Day. Um, the one thing uh, William did say with Walker Stars was how well he handled Lingfield uh, and Pat Hills who just rode him there said exactly the same he said you know for a, for a big horse it's surprising how agile and how he switches his lead so so smoothly but I think he does it because I think he's like I say he's got a huge engine there he finds everything very easy um, so you know as respects to him he's got a picture you could you could sort of toy with saying or, or, or say that you know, potentially he's an Adiar yeah I mean the one thing with Adiar was he was a uh, this horse is as we know He's, he's got a bit more about a bit more character about him for sure. Um, Adiar was, uh, you know, a lot more laid back, uh, and um, you know, I, I'm a big believer in races can be won and lost up in that paddock. And what are the chances that Nations Pride could could be the the best hope of the three in all? Look, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, betting is I feel probably correct in where it is with Nations Pride in in you know his profile. He has a great profile of a horse that could hopefully turn up on Derby Day in respect. He's with five runs under his belt. You know he's, he he was very impressive on his last start. He broke his maiden. I think it was around Lingfield, top of my head now. Uh, he's travelled. Um, he's a very neat horse, very well balanced horse. So he ticks a lot of you know out of the three. I mean, he probably ticks ticks the most boxes realistically. You know the, the question mark is slightly well. Pedigree-wise, you could say, is he got a, a, an abundance of stamina there? Um, whereas the other two lads, they do. Um, so, but if I was to say, well, which horse would I like to ride? You know, get past Wednesday's gallop, and we see the well-being of of Nations Pride as we stand at the minute. Nations Pride would be the horse, you know. And so to John Gosden, trainer of Emily Upjohn, who heads the betting for the Oaks. This is what he had to say this morning. Frankie felt that for Philly, she has, you know, she's had three races in her life. It would be nice to come here and uh, just have a look at the track and have a feel of the track. This is all you're really doing. You're not trying to do any exploratory work other than just have a feel for it. And uh, we've done it before. And I think she behaved great. She moved very well. Got a leads right coming down the hill and uh, quickened up nicely. How much do you think you'll benefit from, from that, John? I think mentally. Uh, a lot, really. I think it's, uh, you know, it's just come here. They, 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 you know, she's not exactly a filly who raced a lot too. One run up the back end, but you can see by the size and the frame on her why we were giving her plenty of time to be patient. But she, she's filled out well. She's a good doer. And I think she rather enjoyed her morning out here. We left before the rush hour, obviously, at 4.30, and get back after the rush hour. She looks like a very strong galloper, a sort of middle-distance galloper, essentially. Do you think she's got the speed um, for the Oaks? Yes, I, I, I would hope so. She, she's shown an ability to quicken. I mean, the other day in the Musadora, she, she, she quickened well there at York. She did it at Wolverhampton. Obviously, she sat very handy at Sandown and then lengthened off the front. So I think she can do it either way, but she has a change of gear. Yeah. Did you think of bringing Nashua here today? No, she only ran last Saturday and it was, it was soon enough. And I just think... Uh, you know, I think it's a bit closer to the race. Is there much between them in your mind? Hmm? Is there much between them two fillies in... Well, they've never worked together, and it wouldn't be my intention to do so. I think this filly is, is guaranteed a mile and a half. With Nashua, the speed she shows, it wouldn't be guaranteed a mile and a half, no. In that sense, they're very, they're very different. They are. 
They're different types of fillets. Yeah, they are indeed. With Holly, John, obviously that's a, another aspect of this story that a, a female jockey could win an Epsom Classic uh, for the first time. How how significant? You, you know, you're you're a great observer of the sport in the in the wider sense. How how important could that be for horse racing? Well, I think obviously incredibly important. Look. It, Mr. Al Sagar asked me about Holly whenever it was, two, three years ago. Whenever he sort of think, and I said, I think she's a superb jockey. I said, very talented, horses run for her, an incredible work ethic. And, uh, and I said, she reminds me a lot of Julie Crone, who's actually married to a great friend of mine, Jay Huptis. And, uh, and from my point of view, she, she's always been the ultimate sort of jockey type. And so I, I said, it's a great idea if you retain her, which you did. And uh, look, and she's proved it internationally, little earlier, <laughs> what, a, what a, a great rider she is. And, uh, and she she's looks into every detail of everything, does all the research properly, great race riders. So look, if it, if it, if it came up, it would be wonderful. How does, how does Emily Upjohn stack up to those sort of, your recent O winners, like, you know, your Enables, your Tegruda, you know, and Annapurna? Yeah, I think she's in the sort of Tegruda league. Okay. Yeah. It would be silly to start talking about Enable, that would just be completely over the top, but she's in that Tegruda league, yeah. What, what gives a sort of sign that she's in that sort of Tegruda league then? You know, what the is ability to travel and then and then quicker over a trip, I think she has that ability, yeah. She quicked up, there are up very trademarks. quickly today, I know they were playing, if you like, coming down the hill at a, at a nice half speed, but even the way she quickened today between the uh, three and the two was impressive. What, what she's done, because obviously she was, you had two in the race at Wolverhampton when she won up there, weren't she? She was a 12 to 1 shot, relatively unfancy well, yeah, compared Rab to... yeah, Rab and I, we discussed it, and Rab wanted a rider. Oh, OK. So had she been signed... Yeah, yeah and, and Martin rode the other boy, and, uh, and they were backing him, but Rab was very keen to ride her. And, and that she... wasn't by pure chance. Right, OK. So from the sort of outgo, she's always shown a little bit of star quality, is she, at home? Yeah, but she was a big girl and she was immature and she wasn't ready to run till late in the year, you know. But uh, I th the one great thing I find about the old weather is that you can get a two-year-old out late in the year. The old days come sort of November or the end of October, the ground had gone. You couldn't run them again till, till virtually the end of March, early April. So that's the great thing about the old weather for bringing those horses on. Just a quick one, you were like kicking in the in the divots and things afterwards after they galloped down. What would be her sort of ideal oh, I ground think on the day? She'd be happy on, like most horses, on good ground because on good ground you don't get any jar but you can quicken. I hope we don't get torrential rain and it starts getting soft like it did last year in a hurry, which it can. That would be unfortunate because then it becomes a little bit, you know, who can handle it, who can't, and can be a bit one dimensional. So we have nothing called good, good, good to soft, that would be great. Rattling quick would be a worry for her. She could handle it. But, you know, for Andrew, he's got the derby. And, you know, the, he doesn't want it rattling quick on derby day. I know that. But last year, you know, he had a beautiful prayer ground and then the heavens opened. So what's the, what's the consensus with this filly? I know that nobody wants to make enable comparisons. What, what was the sort of consensus on, on her presence at Epsom this morning, Dave? Yes, absolutely. Um, as John Gosden is apt to do, he sometimes reigns uh, de Tory in, doesn't he, when he feels that he's become perhaps a little too uh, over-enthusiastic. And, of course, uh, John Gosden was asked about his... Oaks winners of the past to Gruder, of course, Annapurna, Enable. Um, where does Emily Upjohn sit among those Oaks winners at this stage? And John Gosson, as you've heard there, said, well, 
yeah, it's going too far uh, to talk about Enable, which of course is, is fair enough. Uh, Enable had a, one of the, the great careers of modern middle distance horses, male or female, uh, with those two arc victories in particular. He said that, yeah, she's, she's up with Tegruda at this stage. We shouldn't uh, forget, of course, that Tegruda followed her victory in the Oaks uh, with success in uh, the King George VI and Queen Elizabeth States at Ascot. So even that is high praise indeed. He might not have gone uh, so far as to talk about Emily Upjohn as being the next in Abel, but uh, you would say that Tegruda is the next best thing. I think it's interesting that Gosden compare and contrasted, uh, compared and contrasted the two horses, Emily Upjohn and Nashua, who of course was given Connections Blessing to go to Epsom instead of Shanti on Saturday. She'll be ridden by Holly Doyle. That could be a real landmark for uh, British racing if a female jockey were to win an Epsom Classic for the first time. And Nashua is about a five to one shot to do exactly that. And as you've heard, John Gosden said, well, of the two, Emily Upjohn is, a, is an assured stayer. Uh, whether she's got the pace, I suspect, is the question mark with her. But with Nashua, that victory over 10 furlongs in uh, the Phillies trial at Newbury uh, last Saturday week, the question with her, as the, as the trainer said, is stamina. But um, I, th- I thought that Again, talking to Teddy Grimthorpe, the racing manager to owner Imad Al-Sagar at the weekend, that they feel there's a good chance of, of this filly getting 10 furlongs. She had quite a lot of, make, uh, of use made of her at Newbury. And she's by Frankel, who we know has horses who uh, get further than, than he was asked to race over. The, uh, the dam stayed a mile and a quarter, but was related to mile and a half horses. So that's very interesting. Um, it's a, obviously a, a, a very strong position that Gosden has in the Kazoo Oaks and, and with two very different horses. We've heard from Charlie Appy already, um, an unprecedented um, completion of the the, the, the Colts Guineas European treble sealed at the weekend with victory in the Irish Guineas day. Was, was he talking about that at all this morning? I, I, I take it um, he, he and, and William Buick are absolutely delighted with what they've achieved. Yeah, we didn't actually talk to Charlie Appleby about the cover on Saturday, but of course that is... Well, it's a first. It's it's not just a notable achievement. We're, we're used to the, the behemoth stables, Aidan O'Brien, of course, and Charlie Appleby uh, rewriting the record books. But uh, this hadn't been done before. The winners of the 2000 Guineas at Newmarket, the Poudre C'est des Poulains at Paris-Longchamp, and then, of course, the Irish 2000 Guineas at the Curra, won respectively with respectively, with uh, Caribus Modern Games and now Native Trail. And that's the first time that's been done in uh, the uh, the history of, well, I think we're going certainly 150 years back uh, for when the Irish 2000 Guineas was inaugurated. And of course, uh, the 2000 Guineas at Newmarket, uh, much longer than that. Um, so yeah, the, the, the interesting thing I thought from Saturday, once again, uh, Will Buick had a something of uh, some working out to do, didn't he, with the, with the draw in stall one for Native Trail, and it was a bit of a prison break, uh, three furlongs out, to get out and uh, mount his challenge. As usual, Native Trail was pushed along three out and would have made his backers sweat just a little bit uh, before winning, in fact, with in, in commanding style. I thought the, the thing to take out of that, and I'd be very interested to see what happens over the next few days, is that... Charlie Appleby said at the weekend that Caribus and Native Trail could yet clash 
in the St. James's Palace. He's aware that this is pretty much the last time that the three-year-old colts get to uh, have a head-to-head without the older horses poking their nose in. So uh, that's something uh, potentially to look forward to on the Royal Heath next month. And we had in the Irish 1,000 guineas a victory for Moigler Stud and for Homeless Songs for, for Dermot Weldon, Chris Hayes. And most notably, most poignantly, Dave, it came on the date of Pat Smullen's birth. Yes, indeed. It would have been Pat Smullen's 45th birthday. Of course, he passed away having uh, succumbed to pancreatic cancer at 43 uh, in May 2019, a long-time stable jockey and a long-time friend and ally of Dermot Weld. So, as you say, it was a, it was a poignant success. Uh, as with many other trainers, um, Dermot Weld has had to take something of a back seat over the last few years amid the domination of the sport by Ballydoyle and Aidan O'Brien. But this really looks very good, doesn't she? Um, she scored by five and a half lengths. She's now the new favourite for the Coronation Stakes at Ascot next month. Afterwards, the trainer said that uh, she would be given, I think he said, a, a definite possibility for that race. Well, I would think she's probably a certainty uh, if everything is OK. A certainty to take part and probably a very likely winner. It was Dermot Wells' 27th European Classic, his fifth victory in the Irish 1,000 guineas. And I think some of us, maybe, Tom, were wondering, just wondering what might have been. Uh, Dermot Weld, of course, didn't run Homeless Songs in the Kipco 1000 Guineas at Newmarket 22 days ago. And she would have been a, a really strong addition, one would have thought, and a very likely winner with no uh, disrespect intended to cache. I think that the, uh, the performance of Homeless Songs at the Curry yesterday made her the clubhouse leader in terms of the three-year-old mile fillies. OK, well, the man on board Homeless Songs yesterday in, in that uh, Irish 1000 Guineas was Chris Hayes. Um, what a performance. She, she, she looked electric. How did she feel, Chris? Oh, she's, she's just she's different class. Uh, I'm running out of words to describe her now. She's uh, a queen to do anything with. And, uh, yeah, it was a, a top-class performance. She settled well. She quickened up good. And she, um, she destroyed it at a high-class field. Mm. Were, were you were you happy with the early position? Was that where you wanted to be? Yeah, like the whole thing about uh, um, about the, the plan we had going out was just really we wanted to keep it all simple and and straightforward. Um, look, some people were saying that the draw of what way was I going to play it, but uh, sometimes down the corner it can get just a little bit congested down that inside. Uh, you're kind of held hostage to pace and you're waiting for other horses to go forward for you when you're on a filly like her that was stepping up to the mile for the first time. So I was more than happy where I was drawn. Uh, got her switched off very early on and um, yeah, the, with the rain that came where, where I was, was probably on the nicest part of the ground and she's not very complicated so it was grand to just get into a rhythm and keep a good tempo going and I just had to keep sitting and sitting and when I gave her a little squeeze to go forward uh, she, put, she put the race to bed and, and done it in a matter of strike. Mm. I, I loved um, Dermot afterwards saying that he was sort of concerned whether she could carry her speed over a mile. She's a daughter of Frankel and there are parts of pedigree which says she might get a little bit further so it, I think she's fac- a fascinating prospect to go forward with distance wise. Um, obviously the coronation seems likely but but how do you see her developing Chris? 
for me, it was never a concern. Uh, obviously, uh, Mr. Weld and the team had been looking at her last year, and she was quite a quite a very fast filly, and, and she was quite keen in the Mydear stakes last year. But I think she's matured, she's strengthened, and um, I, I I was more than more than happy with a mile. Uh, I, I thought after Leopardstown it was going to be no issue to her and I thought she'd show a better turn of foot over it. Whether she'd get any further than that, I mm. don't know. She, she's a great temperament and the rhythm she got into yesterday was a, a good asset because she's able to produce that turn of foot from a fast pace or a slow pace. So if um, the team decide to go a little bit further with her, I'm sure she'll give herself every chance. But I, I presume it. There's no need to go down that road at the moment. The mile is plenty good enough, and um, I presume Ascot will be the target. And I'm sure Mr. Weld will have some uh, nice city races, uh, maybe across the pond for later on in the autumn as well. Mm, interesting. Um, just just sort of take me take me to the the winners' enclosure afterwards because it. You know, it became apparent that obviously it was the late Pat Smullen's uh, birthday, and it, you carrying these colours to success for Dermot Weld. I'm, I'm sure it wasn't lost on you either. Was it? Was it quite an emotional feeling afterwards? Was that at the forefront of your mind as well? Uh, to be honest, with you, it was uh, yesterday morning, Tom. Uh, I actually carry around a, a little card with, with Pat's uh, memorial card in my wallet, and I'm on in the car as well. I was looking at it going racing yesterday um, because. If, uh, if the world wasn't so cruel, it would have been Pat riding yesterday. But, um, yeah, it was definitely in the forefront of my mind. And I uh, said it when I pulled up. I, I, I said it was, it was definitely somebody helping me anyway because how well she relaxed and how everything went. And it was more like a piece of work to, to, than anything else for me. But it meant a lot as well to um, Ava Hefner, who's a wonderful supporter of racing and who is a loyal friend and supporter of Pat, so I don't think it was lost on her either. And I was very, very much delighted for her as well because I'd ridden a classic winner for her before and searched for a song, and unfortunately she wasn't there that day. But I think it meant the world to her uh, yesterday, and it definitely meant a lot to me. Lovely words there from rider Chris Hayes on the late Pat Smullen, who had so much success in the same colours that Chris carried yesterday. I thought, as far as ride of the the weekend went to the the top level anyway uh tom markhan's effort on alan kerr was right up there an excellent performance and, and tom is with me now um excellent performance from from you in the saddle and with a very willing partner underneath you as well yeah i mean it was a huge performance from him and it's something uh you know something we always hoped he had in the tank because he's you know he's he's, he's danced a few pretty big dances and um you know, kind of felt like he was still being um, just, I suppose, undervalued by everyone. Um, for for what we thought of him, his his form probably didn't quite lay that out until yesterday, and um, it, it was a it was a massive testament towards his attitude and the way he just faces up to everything because he's a you know he, he's a he's a hardy horse and um, but he enjoys his racing, but he's he's by no means an easy task and. Um, like Jason at home has to nearly wrestle him um, sometimes when he's fresh and um, it, it's it's amazing when 
days like yesterday actually come off because they're few and far between. It was... Well, there was every chance, I thought, for any horse to shirk it, given the battle that he had with, with Frankie and then to go past the leader. And, and he really didn't. He, you know, he, he really stuck his neck down. Um, but, you you know, I could, can you allow yourself a pat on the back as well to say that you gave it everything and probably got it spot on in the end too? Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think, obviously, riding every day, um, there's probably quite... Well, quite a few horses you, that you can get off and say, you know, I think you, you feel like you made a bit of a difference, and um, it's, it's probably one of those. I work as hard as I possibly can the whole time to stay as fit as I can, as strong as I can, and, and you know, you just hope that one day that's what wins you a big one. And um, look, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying you know other other people would. There's probably lots of jockeys that probably would have won on him, but. Those are the days that I'm glad that I do everything that I do um, around around it all because if I didn't, I'd, he probably wouldn't have won. If that's fair in saying, I think. I love that you've you've ridden a classic winner for an Irish trainer, but before yesterday, you'd never ridden in Ireland. I, I was <laughs> like, what? Yeah, yeah. It, it, for whatever reason, it's just sort of fallen that way. I suppose I, I you know, it wasn't. Um, I, I suppose through COVID uh, and everything, you know, that's when I've got busier and busier and uh, I've just never really had the opportunity to go over there so there's not been a horse to take me there and um, look it was great yesterday to have a start like that but you know the, the reality is you know it's a uh, it's a race you're getting from A to B as fast as you can and as, uh, in as smooth a way as you possibly can and, and look, once you, I think once you start travelling around the world you appreciate that while different tracks take very different riding it's a very similar concept. Okay, we're we're sort of basing ourselves at Epsom this morning um, with with horses cantering there. Do you have um, Derby Oaks rides that, that that you're sure of yet or not? Um, so I've got a few mile in the Derby at the moment. Um, we were hoping last hand or the other day might uh, go and do something spectacular, and the ground just got him a bit stuck. And um, look, he he's a lovely horse for the future, but sadly. Um, he's not going to be going, so I think it's it's looking like who you're miles, um, who has run some really creditable races so far this year and has got some great forms from last year too. Uh, okay, for for the so that'd be the third consecutive year you've ridden a horse in the Derby for that owner trainer combination, right? Yeah, look, we've been really fortunate with that one. I'm sure he's he's found some um, some great horses over the last few years, and um, I've had a lot of luck, obviously. So. Uh, looking forward to teaming up with him again. Mm, okay, and Oaks, you're just waiting and seeing if anything comes up. Yeah, yeah um, obviously there, there's there's plenty of changing going on at the moment. With um, you know, obviously Nashville's just gone in, and uh, you got Emily Upjohn, and obviously there's um, you know there's 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 going to be a big wide open field. So um, just having to wait and see how everything materialises at the moment. And fingers crossed, there's a good one in there. Dave, what did you make of the? Never say die attitude from well horse and rider in the Tattersalls Gold Cup. I suppose just at the moment there would be no excuse for ever saying die on a horse uh, who's trained by William Haggis. Uh, the form of the Somerville Lodge team is absolutely red hot, as we know. Um, Tom Marquand has paraded his talents in many different countries, but as you say, this was the first time in Ireland. He had a very willing partner in Alan Kerr. And um, let's give a shout out to High Definition Tudo Tom. Uh, this horse, of course, was a one-time favourite for the Derby and then slipped down the Ballydor pecking order uh, quite a few rungs. But that was an excellent effort from the runner-up.
in second. He was a 20 to 1 shot yesterday afternoon. But yeah, William Haggis has that rather lugubrious. Uh, style, uh, you remind him of the form of the yard and he says, well, it's not going to last forever. Well, it won't last forever, but certainly over the last couple of weeks, uh, the horses from his team are absolutely flying. And um, he's, I think he's probably on course for his best season, isn't he? Look at the, the likes of Baid, who looks racing's, potentially racing his new superstar. So, yeah, much to smile about at some of the lodges things stand currently. All right, Dave, that about covers all bases looking back and forward. Um, all that is required from you is just to, to send us away with a winning ticket. 2-10 at Wolverhampton, Tom, number three, Plancina, a 10-time winner overall. Five of those have been on the all-weather. A good run at Dunstall Park two starts ago, and I hope she can rack up a six all-weather victory and an 11th overall in the 2-10 race. 2-10 race at Wolverhampton, selection is number three, Plancina. Dave, thank you very much indeed. That's it from, from us. That's it from me. Nick will be back tomorrow. Maybe we'll have a, a bit of Preakness reaction in there. And we'll also have more from Epsom and Gallop's Morning this morning. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary.